Happy to bring in uh, Mike Triplett, ESPN NFL reporter uh, for the New Orleans Saints. And uh, Mike, your squad had a hell of a run last year. And I'm curious, it's unlike any Saints team that we've seen in the Drew Brees era. Who was the driving force behind that sudden shift in mentality? Alvin Kamara, if you had to pick one guy, but that's really a culmination of a few moves they've made and, and one that they did pretty quietly. I, everybody knows the Dallas Cowboys sort of rebuilt their offensive line and, and turned around and became this great running team with DeMarco Murray and then Ezekiel Elliott. But the Saints have been investing really heavily in the offensive line too. A couple first-round picks, uh, that shocking trade a couple years ago, Jimmy Graham for center Max Unger, uh, among other things, and a big free agent signing and guard Larry Warford who went to the Pro Bowl last year. So they've really built one of the better offensive lines in the league, and then they had that historic running back duo of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram last year. But but more than anything, they were ahead in games last year, and they were able to stick to the run. If they had found themselves behind in games a lot last year, we still would have seen Drew Brees slinging it all, all over the field. But they were in control of a lot of games last year, defense, run game, pass game. It's about as balanced, you're right, as we've seen this team in the entire Brees-Payton era. Is that the same expectations this year then, Mike, for the offensive model to try to repeat basically what they did in 2017? Yeah, they would obviously love to. Now, look, Mark Ingram's facing a four-game suspension to begin the year, um, so maybe they won't be able to emphasize the the ground game quite as much, although Kamara's obviously ready to – to take on a bigger role after winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. But it, it also just depends how these games play out. We still saw it really in both of their playoff games last year, too. When they needed Drew Brees, he's still pretty good. Um, you know, his attempts, yards, touchdowns, everything were the low of, of his 12 years with the Saints last year. But there were still a couple games where, where they needed him to, to rally them back in the second half, and, and he still had monster games. Uh, all, I mean, we would have been talking about his great comeback win at Minnesota in the playoffs if, uh, if that game hadn't ended with uh, one of the most famous uh, in, in uh, NFL playoff history. Uh, Mike Triplett covers the New Orleans Saints with us here on the lowdown. As you just noted, that that uh, game against the Vikings last year, the Saints were Super Bowl good. They were Super Bowl champion good. Uh, is there a position, is there a spot that they're addressing as training camp gets underway for them down there? You know, there aren't a lot of giant question marks and holes, and, and last year is a big reason why. Now, they had five rookie starters come out of last year's draft class, which is incredible, and, and that helps you rebuild in a hurry. And, yeah, so most of the talk is, you know, there aren't glaring holes or gaping holes in the lineup. There aren't major question marks. Um, they need to identify a second or third receiver. They got Cam- Cameron Meredith from the Bears is a guy they hope he will be healthy enough to do that. They made a big trade for another edge rusher in the draft in Marcus Davenport. They'd like him to come along quickly and help. But those guys would really be bonuses. They they've brought back most of the team that was really successful last year. And how about that? I mean, that specific play for Marcus Williams was just. I mean, it's it was bizarre. It's unexplainable. He was so good for the team. Just, I don't know, maybe how did the team deal with him? How did he deal with all that and, and trying to just move on and, and be good again this year? Yeah, and he's one who really has a chance to be like a, a Pro Bowl caliber talent. He was really good. At, and Marshawn Lattimore, the cornerback, was the defensive rookie of the year and got a lot of attention. But Williams was almost as important to the turnaround of their secondary and their defense last year. And I think expectations are still high for him. That play was... A fluke, and I think a big part of the reason was 
it was just a unique situation where they were so intent on tackling tackling in bounds instead of driving a guy out of bounds that it that it threw off what he would normally do in that situation. Um, I think it is the kind of play he can get over. There's not been a ton of scrutiny on him like he's Bill Buckner or anything like that. He's able to kind of quietly go along his offseason. And funny enough, even though that Minnesota miracle was such a infamous play, the bigger co- topic of conversation on Saints camp this, this offseason isn't about how close they came and how bitter last season ended. It's about how high the expectations are and you know how many people are expecting big things from guys like Kamara and Lattimore and Michael Thomas and these young guys. And can they deal with high expectations and, uh, and not worry about sophomore slumps? Uh, so it's more about can they handle all the, the positive reviews and Super Bowl predictions they're getting than, than really reviewing how last season ended. So I think he's been able to avoid that scrutiny and just stick to football for the most part. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Super Bowl predictions for the New Orleans Saints, and I'm not sure that I'm not going to be one of the guys who uh, throws my name in the hat with that as well. Uh, But what's interesting is, you know, you just mentioned, Mike, all of the young guys that the New Orleans Saints have. Are there going to be position battles, particularly on the defensive end? Because you just named a lot of the skill position players, and I'm sure everyone's pretty comfortable that those guys are locked in. But on the defensive side of the ball, uh, are there any position battles that will be going on during training camp? Well, there's one that really interests me um, uh, is at linebacker. Uh, last year, they brought in two new middle linebackers, quarterback of the defense types, and A.J. Klein and Manti Teo. And both guys had a pretty good year. And, and uh, they actually had a situation where Teo was the Mike linebacker on base downs, and then on nickel downs, A.J. Klein would shift over and become the Mike linebacker. So they had two of those like you know captain quarterback types. And then they went and added another one this year in Demario Davis, who was the middle linebacker and captain for the Jets last year and signal caller for the Jets. So we even saw on the first day of practice today, all three of those guys were on the field at the same time. And, and Davis was playing on the weak side and Klein was playing on the strong side and Tao in the middle. But, you know, there's not room for all three of them, especially in a league where linebackers, you'll really only play two of them on most downs. They also have another guy they like last year, Alex Anzalone, one of those rookie starters. So it's going to be really curious to see how, you know, that's probably their most crowded position with proven starters on it uh, where, you know, you're wondering who's going to win those battles and who's going to lose those battles. Mike, it'll be just a matter of time this year until Drew Brees becomes the all-time passing leader. Uh, Just got a couple guys really close in his sights. How, How important do you think that record is to him and how long do you think Breeze will keep going? Well, I do think it's important to him. I think he'll get it pretty easily uh, at this point. He's five or six games away, and and you know he's not really slowing down that much. Um, he'd need a couple. I think he'd need you know this season and next season to to break the touchdown record. And I've always thought, though he hasn't specifically said it, he's always talked about thinking he could play. It started when he was thirty-five, and he said he could play another ten years. And he's mentioned that age forty-five number, which is. Not a random number because the oldest quarterback ever to start an NFL game was 45, and I would not be surprised if that's something Breeze wants to do too. He, you know, he entered his football career with a major chip on his shoulder, and then he was a free agent with that major shoulder injury, and a lot of teams didn't want him then. So he's gone through his career feeling like he has a lot to prove. So I, I think I don't think he's going to be. Uh, content to just retire in a year or two. I, I still think he's got big plans, but maybe one more Super Bowl win is it, it would be enough for him. But I know he probably wants at least one more before he's done. Just for the record, he's thirty nine right now. Man, 
Yeah. You, there's, yeah. I have to imagine there's people who are going to forget or even not know Drew Brees played for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's just good. He's yeah. been so good with the Saints. And quite honestly, that was so long ago <laughs> here at this point. I think it's just something like football. Oh, wait, what? He did? Really? Wow. Well, what's funny about that is he got kind of shoved out the door for Phillip Rivers, who they drafted after Brees had a bad year. And that when they drafted Rivers, Brees comes back and he goes to the Pro Bowl and he wins the NFL's comeback player of the year. But they chose, after his major shoulder injury, they chose Philip Rivers on him. And you can't really blame him because he's been, by all statistical measures, the second-best quarterback in the league over the last 12 years behind Breeze. Yeah. How about this division? This is as good as it gets. I mean, what, two years ago you had the Panthers in the Super Bowl? Or, excuse me, yeah, three seasons ago, two seasons ago, you get um, Atlanta there. Last year, as Damian said earlier, the Saints were Super Bowl caliber. Didn't happen. So, I mean, three of the four teams have been that good how do you handicap that division? Best team to work? I mean, that's that's a really talented division. Yeah. How do you see it? Well, and the whole NFC, I mean, I've been using a lot all summer that it's like the Western Conference in the NBA because the Vikings, the Rams, the Eagles, the Packers, uh, you know, and the, the Niners on the rise and the Cowboys and the Seahawks coming back from down years. The NFC is brutal right now, and, and particularly the South. I think Atlanta is another team that obviously has Super Bowl expectations after they almost won it two years ago and and really were one play away from beating the Eagles last year in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that team is not going away. That's a talented team. Carolina, I think, has a few more question marks after they lost a couple of their top players in free agency, but obviously a team that had just gone to the Super Bowl in the playoffs the last two years. So uh, it's it's definitely the probably the most stacked division in the entire NFL right now. In Tampa Bay, people keep thinking they're going to break through, and, and they're talented enough to do it. Uh, they just keep, you know, hitting some stumbling blocks. But, uh, but yeah, that depth, you're not seeing that around the league. Uh, Mike Triplett covers the New Orleans Saints for ESPN NFL Nation with us here on the lowdown. And as you say that, Mike, I'm thinking it, it feels like, with the exception of the Saints, actually, when I look at the Falcons, when I look at the Bucks, when I look at the Panthers, it feels like they could, you know, you just talk about how the division is stacked, that they could just as easily fall in the other direction to where, oh, okay, Cam Newton has a bad year. The Panthers aren't very good. Uh, suddenly the uh, Atlanta Falcons fall off. I don't think the Bucks are going to be good, and part of that is because I'm sick of Jameis Winston's act. But it uh-huh. seems yeah. like this division could easily, just as easily go the other way, with perhaps the only exception being the New Orleans Saints, who feel like by far the most complete team in the division. Perhaps the conference. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you can make a pretty equal case for them in Atlanta since Atlanta sort of rebuilt their defense. And this Julio Jones drama ended before it even began. They've got a great running back tandem there, too. So that's a pretty deep team. But, look, in general, if there's only room for six teams to make the playoffs in the NFC this year, some teams are going to absolutely go below expectations. I mean, otherwise you could – look, we just talked about the Saints, Falcons, Rams – or the Saints, Falcons, Panthers – you know, the Vikings and the uh, uh, Packers neck and neck in the NFC uh, North, one of those five teams can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't even talked about the Rams yet or the San Francisco 49ers sure. or some of those teams out here. How about yep. um, Sean Payton? We always hear rumors about his security. How, how stable is is kind of his situation as we look forward? I think it's really stable. Look, I think they were – I think he had concerns – and I think the team had concerns that they were just growing too stale. I mean, they went seven and nine three years in a row. His mentor is Bill Parcells, who always got out early. He had some serious, 
sort of back channel talks with the 49ers uh, a couple years ago uh, and considered the idea of maybe going there if they wanted to trade for him uh, and go in another direction. But in the end, Peyton couldn't find a situation he liked better than the Saints. The Saints certainly weren't eager to start over with a new coach because they always kind of felt like they were going to rebuild, reload, and pretty soon they'll eventually start over with a new quarterback, but they started over with just about everything else, and, and Peyton's a good coach for it. And it finally uh, bared fruit last year that they, they had the two draft classes in a row that were so good. They've restocked the fridge, and, and Peyton's, again, looking like a really good coach. Now that he's got really good talent again. You think he'd walk away with uh, Drew Brees? I think it's possible, but I also think he's probably, you know, Drew Brees is the only guy he's ever coached. He's a quarterback coach by history and by nature. I think he looks forward to whatever chance he gets in his career to work with, you know, like a first-round draft. They almost drafted Pat Mahomes last year, you know. Um, uh, You know, if they hadn't gotten Lattimore, he was next on their list. So I think he looks forward to the idea of of working with a young quarterback sometime in his career. But they're not going to shove Drew Brees out the door while he's still playing this well. Certainly not. I remember he was on contract watch, wasn't he? Oh, mm-hmm. his, his final year, and then they go out and have the amazing yeah. scene, uh, amazing season. Excuse me, that they did last year. Uh, Mike, we're looking forward to talking to you during the regular season, my friend. Enjoy training camp. We'll connect again soon. All right, anytime, guys. Thank that you. is uh, Mike Triplett uh, covers the New Orleans Saints for ESPN, NFL Nation.